From pregnancy to postpartum care, as a woman's body changes, so should the ways they practice yoga. In today's podcast, board-certified women's health specialist Ann Duke explains how different yoga classes benefit different stages of perinatal care. Hello, friends. This is Lynn Schulte, and you are listening to the Birth Healing Summit podcast. We are here for meaningful conversations that will transform the way you work with pregnant and postpartum clients. Whether it is a new perspective, tool, or technique, you'll be able to implement it into your practice today. I invite you to sit back, listen with an open mind, and grab the golden nugget today's guest has to offer. Now let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Birth Healing Summit podcast, and today we have with us Anne Duke. Anne is a physical therapist in the um, Delaware area, and she is a yogini and also has her own private practice there. Welcome to the podcast, Anne. Thanks for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yay. So today we're going to be diving into how you have been integrating your yoga practice, your yoga practices and the nervous system and in that perinatal care of your clients. So where do you want to start, Anne? So I think I would start by saying I was a pelvic health therapist well before I was a yoga teacher. And um, what happened was I opened my own small practice in a uh, yoga studio because it was very cost effective versus going into a medical building. Mm and renting space there. So as I was hanging around this yoga studio in between patients, um, I started to get a little more, it piqued my interest. I was a college athlete and kind of always like a runner, biker, lifter kind of, kind of gal. And I was just, you know, piqued my interest. I would take a class here or there. And as I dove deeper into my own personal practice, I started seeing how this might benefit uh, folks coming to me with pelvic health concerns. And lots of those people were pregnant or postpartum. So diving in a little deeper, I did a yoga teacher training. And really what happened was I bartered with the person who owned the studio. I taught anatomy for that yoga teacher training. She's like, well, then just take the training. Um, <laughs> and then as I was spending more time with folks in the studio, and then I started a prenatal class and a postnatal class, it just made too much sense to not utilize that with all of the birthing people that came through my practice. Yeah. Well, because we know yoga is all about really trying to open up the pelvis. And that's why I, in the postnatal period, I'm like, yeah, we want to be closing things back up, everybody. We don't, you're already too open. So, um, you know, postnatally, we want to really do more closure kind of stuff. But in that perinatal period, it can be very, very helpful in getting that flexibility and range in the pelvis and the hips in that range. So, yes. And to your point, I think it's really important for anyone listening who is a yoga instructor to also understand that closing piece. Um, yoga can be used just as effectively to help close down a pelvis. You know, there's, and again, we're saying yoga, there's a million different forms of yoga. Um, you know, and the mind is biased toward mobility and strength versus being super bendy. When super bendy people come into my classes, um, I tend not to be as, you know, um, I don't applaud them as much as maybe other yoga teachers who are saying, oh yes, it's beautiful. More, more, more. And I'm saying, Ooh, let's rein that in a little bit. Let's find, Mm -hmm. um, some control over that movement that you have. 
And that both in the prenatal and postnatal period, I think is really, really important. So when folks are looking for prenatal, perinatal yoga, you got to be real careful sometimes, because if you take someone who's, you know, hypermobile, maybe has EDS or something like that, and we're just feeding into more, more opening, more opening, more opening, yeah. that's not, may not be what they need. Absolutely. And that's in those people who have hypermobility or EDS, they love yoga because they're good at it. They've been told they're good at it. So they keep <laughs> I'm so good at this. Yeah. But I'd love to hear you say that, Anne, that, that you try to rein them in and bring them back into more stability and strength and control versus flexibility. That's huge. Yes. And I think, I do think there's a misnomer, you know, postpartum. Uh, if I had a quarter for every time I heard someone say, you know, my OB told me that I I shouldn't go back to running, that I should do yoga first. And while that may be true, um, I'm not sure folks understand, you know, some yoga classes probably are not appropriate for the postpartum person. Absolutely. Um, honed in and learning how to close the pelvis, I, I would use the same terminology, but tell a you know, a yoga instructor who's not doing perinatal care, we're working on closing the pelvis. Um, they might say, what? What are you talking about? Yes. Open everything up. Um, so I think what you're saying is really important, you know, knowing why you're doing the thing you're doing and making sure it's appropriate for you. Absolutely. I, you know, had multiple clients that have come through and, you know, we're, we're tra- focusing in more on strength and core and they just cannot wait to get back to their regular yoga class and they go do it and then they come back worse. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. It's really important um, that we start to define a little bit of what is a postpartum class supposed to look like. Um, right. this, so, Anne, I'm curious what you mean by, um, you know, when I think of yoga, I always think of warrior poses and, you know, hip opening stuff. So what are the poses that actually can help close up the pelvis in the postpartum period? Yeah. So um, there's there's a focus, um, I'd say, in my postpartum classes. And again, mine are a little bit of a mashup. So I use resistive bands. I use um, okay. balls, like Pilates balls. You work on you know, adduction and internal rotation of the hips and do, you know, the opposite of our deep squats and our, you know, big wide goddess pose and really working on control from the foot all the way up to the pelvis and figuring out what that might look like to then bring the core into play. Um, How to get the pelvic floor back online via breath work. The breath work piece is really, really important. Mm -hmm. And I always say there's times when we're doing breath work to find space in the core canister. And there's times we're doing breath work to try to find just a connection between the pelvic floor and all the surrounding structures. Well, that's so key after birth because that disconnect is so prevalent in our postpartum clients and really helping to connect that, the, the core, the canister, the diaphragm pelvic floor is a huge piece of what I work with. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and off the top of my head, when you're talking about poses like eagle pose, where we're really working on winding those legs back together, um, mm-hmm. doing that, um, I call it find your midline. We need to find that midline again, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, and then getting into those midline poses and then working on breath work to try to get that pelvic floor to come well, along. 
and and so in hearing you, I, I'm I'm getting a sense that you 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 bring to this postpartum yoga experience a lot more than most postpartum yoga instructors do, because mm-hmm. when I I um I found I had a a yoga instructor, a teacher teaching other yoga instructors. And I would go in and give a, an hour lecture on the pelvic floor, perinatal and postpartum. And it was so awesome because I'm like, oh my gosh, you yoga instructors, you're the army on the ground to find these issues that women are having and to be able to refer them to get the support that they need is so, so key. So if if you're trying to build your practice and you haven't reached out to the post prenatal and postnatal yogis in your area, it's a huge marketing piece for us all. But, um, the, in that class though, I was just seeing a lot of, um, resting restorative poses. And, yeah. and I think that that's really not enough for our postpartum moms who really want to get back at it. It is not enough. And, and quite frankly, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Brianna battles. She does. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, she coined the term athlete brain and for, yes. for folks coming into the postpartum period who have this little bit of athlete brain that either needs to be reined in or needs to be catered to. You know, if I have someone come into my class and I'm just putting them in restorative poses and sometimes those are appropriate, but, you know, they're a not going to come back. B, they're not going to hear anything I have to say about finding your core canister again. Um, So I do think as a pelvic health therapist and I teach our we have a yoga teacher training um, course here as well in in the studio where my business is and you know, folks are going to learn about pelvic health, whether they want to or not. <laughs> Good. And I actually, you know, my hope is then it just goes out and people keep telling other people yeah. that perhaps some of the cliche things that we say in the yoga world, we need to stop saying those, like your hips can never be open enough. And it's like, no, your hips can be plenty open. I promise you. Yes. Um, or, you know, we talk about binds in yoga. There's something called Mula Bandha where you're engaging your, your pelvic, your root lock, your pelvic floor. You know, that was something that was taught 5,000 years ago before females were involved in yoga at all. So perhaps a birthing person um, and ancient yogis have a little bit of a different kind of pelvic makeup. (laughs) So, you know, just noticing, hey, there might be some things that we're, we don't have quite right in the yoga world. Uh, Amen to that, Anne, because I I have the, the clients come in that are doing yoga and they always want to do that butt tuck under, you know, yeah. like that, that tucking of the tailbone. And it, you know, I'm just like, you know, yoga was developed by men and men don't have issues with their pelvic organs. Mm-hmm. And so they can do that tiny little tuck and it doesn't affect them. But for women, that is a potential setup for a greater chance of prolapse. And when I you know teach that to them, they're just like, Oh, and so I'd say yoga and the bar world too. Um, bar classes tend to, I mean, that's a, that's a comment and don't come at me bar people. I love you too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, draw the tail under, um, you know, yeah. sometimes the cues and there's a lot of outprinting of the toes and we've already been doing that during pregnancy. So we've got to figure out how to go in the opposite direction. So those are big things that I hit in a, in a postnatal class um, yeah. that I, I hope, kind of, again, I hope it spreads out into the world that um, more and deeper is not always 
what we're going for. And sometimes, you know, midline, if I, there's a takeaway for postpartum is that midline, let's find midline control. Let's figure out what the pelvic floor is doing in relation to your breath and um, go from there. Awesome. Awesome said. So, and let's talk a little bit about yoga and the nervous system then. Sure, and, sure. And, and for both that, that perinatal and, and postpartum, if it's appropriate. So how do you, what, tell us about that connection. Absolutely. So in a prenatal class, I will typically talk about, um, you know, we're talking about different breathwork strategies. And again, there's different, different reasons behind the different strategies. Sometimes we're trying to find more space in the core canister as the baby's growing Mm -hmm. and find mobility in the rib cage or mobility in the back body. After you've run out of space in the front body, If we can find some space in the back body, then we will potentially send less pressure down or less pressure out to the front of the belly. So Breathwork strategies to open up the back of the body can be really, really um, impactful during pregnancy um, for, for, for a space purposes. When we're talking about nervous system. And I always try to, and I'm talking about breath work in a room full of, of people. For some of us, this type of breath work will, and I'm, you can't see me if you're on a podcast, but there's a type of breath work that will work for some folks to help settle them down. For other people, they need something different. So making sure there's space for that. So for instance, if we're talking about balanced breathing, you're going to inhale for a count of three or four, you're going to exhale for a count of three or four. For some folks, that actually makes them feel more anxious. And if they can experience that, sit with and go, hmm, how does that make me feel after a few rounds of that? For some folks, box breathing, where we inhale for three, hold, retain your breath for three, exhale for three hold for three and so on. You go around that box breathing and I'm just using three as an example. For some folks, those retentions make them feel anxious. For Mm. some folks, those retentions help settle them down. Different responses to different types of breath. In general, we know with breath work, a shorter inhale and a longer exhale Mm. will get us in contact with our parasympathetic nervous system more effectively. So that's kind of like your sigh breath. Inhale, exhale, sigh it out but not for everyone. So oftentimes when I'm going through breathwork strategies to try to teach nervous system regulation, making sure we're leaving space to say like, okay, your experience might not be the same as your neighbors and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to bring these breathwork strategies in to see what might help calm you down a little bit. And those might be strategies you can use during uh, prenatal and delivery day to help quiet you down. Um. That's usually where I go with breath work. You know, and there's a lot, there's tons of different types of breath work beyond just those three that I talk about. Um, but really sitting with them and experiencing them and saying, okay, I know they said it, this should make me feel more calm, but it really doesn't. So let's move that one off to the side and try a different one. Yeah. Um, and then same in the postpartum period. I mean, a whole life has changed. <laughs> Your whole life has changed. And oftentimes, you know, you're trying to figure out what just happened And how am I functioning in the world? And those folks that are dying to get back to some sort of workout, let's say your CrossFitters bought whatever the workout is, um, being able to offer them something that feels like they're connecting with their body in some way. Um, They're getting their nervous system to regulate within their body in some way, whether it is they need to mobilize more, like they're feeling um, a little down or they're, and I'm not saying this takes the place of any mental health um, therapy or, uh, any type of uh, drug therapy that you might need for a mental health condition. 
But in that postpartum period, making sure that we are connecting with our breath, we're connecting with our bodies in some way, mm. it make you feel a little tiny bit of what you were before you had this baby and before you had to start managing your life in a very different way. Yeah. I think that's really challenging for our postpartum clients because their body feels so different. 100%. And, yes. Yeah. And, you know, bigger, more weight, more, yeah. Yeah. And I think to helping them reframe too, if you had someone who was a, you know, they went to the gym or they went to yoga three times, you know, four times a week, whatever, they went to the gym 45 minutes at a time, several times a week, that is not happening in the postpartum period, particularly early on. So offering them something, we're going to do 10 minutes of something, um, two minutes of that's going to be breath work, 10 minutes is going to be some sort of movement that you feel like you're doing something. This is for a very short time. In the big scheme of things, you feel like you're in it right now, but we'll build you back, you know, slowly as you start mm-hmm. to feel, you get into your body and feel more comfortable with what's happening. Um, then you'll you'll scale up in your movement. Yeah, so important. So, mm-hmm. so important. So um, we haven't, uh, well, other than making more space for baby, we really mm-hmm. didn't, haven't discussed much about the perinatal period and yoga. So what are some of your focuses in that arena? Mm-hmm. So um, I would say in the perinatal period, um, yes, hip opening can be a, can, can be a big yeah. thing. I don't get to just go down that road too far because lots of folks don't need so much hip opening, but right. hip opening um, breathwork strategies to also help open up the pelvis. So we know, um, you know, we've got the core canister, the diaphragms, the top of the canister, the pelvic floors, the bottom of the canister, and trying to keep those two things in communication with one another best we can as they're becoming a little less in communication with one another. Um, Talking about where the rib cage is in relation to the pelvis. So just, um, you know, being in your body, feeling yourself shift toward the front of your feet, figuring out how to stay back. You know, if indeed you're getting shifted toward the front of your feet, figure out what that feels like to really stand in your body on your feet. Um, See what it feels like from one side to the other inversions, down dogs and things like that. At some point, if you have heartburn, that may not be happening. You know, those, Mm -hmm. those poses where your head is below your heart are not going to feel good. So making sure we have, uh, variations to those things that we can give. So if I'm going to give a child's pose, I always will say, we're going to take a child's pose. For those of you with heartburn, keep your elbows under your shoulders, stay lifted. If that still doesn't feel good to you, come up to a, to a kneel. So making sure that we're, we are at least acknowledging that everyone's going to feel a little different in their body through the different stages of their pregnancy. And that's okay. Yes. Amen. So balance Balance would be the other thing. Balance, Mm -hmm. balancing poses, things where we're um, you know, acknowledging this fluid activity going on in your body and how your foot contacts the floor and how your center of gravity feels like it's pulling you forward. But we're going to work on that. We're going to work on keeping you um, upright and solid on your feet. Yeah. yeah, that's so important because of um, that being pulled forward really shuts down that glute muscle. Yeah. And, you know, um, the number one question I love to ask my postpartum moms is, did you gain a butt or did you lose a butt <laughs> during your pregnancy? I always talk about mom, butt, like the butt just sliding off the backside and where'd it go? And it's, I'm like, it's tucked under you. That's where it went. It's like tucked under. We got to bring it all back out. Right. Um, 100%. I'm down. I'm down with that question. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool. So what would you say to, um, 
I'm thinking of those practitioners who are not yoginis, um, you know, don't do yoga or not aware of it, but they're working with clients who really are yoga people. What are some things that you would want those practitioners to know or to be aware of or to caution their mm-hmm. clients about in doing their yoga in the pregnancy period? Yeah, I think the first, I think acknowledging and saying, so I know you, I know that you practice yoga. What type of yoga? Tell me more about your practice. You don't even need to know types, but tell me more about your practice. Um, Do you focus on really getting stretchy and flexible or is it strength focused? Um, And then where you might, you know, being curious, tell me more about your practice. Show me a couple of things that you do in your practice, not just assuming, you know, what they're doing, because again, it's, it's, there's a, there's a wide breadth of, of yes. practices. And then again, saying, I'd be curious to see what it would feel like for you to not go so deep into some of those poses mm. and instead invite some, um, I call it zhuzhing of the muscles. So get the muscles engaged a bit. Um, if you're going to do deep squats, which I think can be really, really awesome in that prenatal period to help open up the hips and prepare the pelvic floor, but also, are you someone that can just hang in that pose? Is your tailbone touching the floor when you take a deep squat? And if it is, let's give you a little action in your pelvis and have you do a little lift, right? I Um, I love the idea of keeping it in the, in the muscles and not the joints. Indeed. Indeed. And So this is something, and that's just my bias as a yoga teacher in all of my classes. I tend to be a little more physical therapy brained, um, public health brained where I'm like, okay, we don't need these excessive end ranges, even though they might look really pretty to some people. Um, but yeah, coming into the muscles a little bit, likewise, if you're someone who is, I'm a little bit more of a tin soldier when I'm not, you know, in my yoga fields. And for me getting into a deep, yogi squat, a malasana, I call it a toddler squat in my postnatal classes because toddlers do it so effortlessly. Um, Being able to sink my seat, you know, my tail is never going to touch the floor. Right. So for me, it's being able to soften into that a little bit, do some breathing into that. And my muscles are still in it. I promise you that. Um, Again, it's, it's person specific. So back to that notion of there's a to do or a do not do list. And those get really tricky sometimes because it's not a one size fits all. Well, and that's where we as therapists can understand what our, what our clients' bodies are like, Indeed. then guide them. If we do have someone who's really bendy to instruct them to find, don't find the end range in their poses to stay. Don't go to, the edge. Yeah. Don't yeah. Go to the, what was that? yoga teachers are find your edge it's like don't find your edge let's just take you to a place where you feel comfortable and again i'll make a lot of yoga teachers um and yogis they'll they'll be sending me messages and it's okay i can handle it but (laughs) right well but there's a reason and there's a reason that we're we're doing that and so that's why i'm i i appreciate your input to help guide us for those of us that aren't you know into the whole yoga um, you know, they're probably not listening to this podcast, but <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And I would say that really that crosses over into all different aspects. So if you don't know anything about CrossFit, um, I would encourage you to ask questions versus go like, oh God, CrossFit. Um, if yes. you know, ask hey, I'm curious, what do you do in CrossFit without being too, you know, seemingly judgy about the yeah. volume that they might be doing in CrossFit and go, okay, what would it feel like for you to do that workout? less about time, how fast you can do it and, yeah. and rein it in just a little bit right now. 
Um, yoga, tell me about your yoga practice. What is it that you do? What do you like about it? And then instead of saying like, well, you shouldn't do that anymore. Um, right. Cause that's not helpful. Um, no. give a little bit of guideline toward, Hey, I'd love you to be more engaged in your muscles when you're doing that, or you're really, really, really stiff. So maybe we'll let you kind of soften into those poses and try to just find a little more depth. Yeah. So important. So key there. Is there any, any last little piece of advice that you would like to impart before we say goodbye? Um, no, I would say, um, I said, no, but now I'm going to give you something. Um, I would say, you know, I think yoga can be incorporated into so many areas of both pregnant and postpartum, um, timeframes. But I think it, again, it needs to be find, find the class, find the instructor, find the person, um, that serves you best. And don't just assume you go to one person and that's what all of yoga is. It's really much. That's Um, one thing I've learned is there's all different kinds of traditions. And so I love your question of, you know, share with me, what are you doing? What does your yoga practice look like? Exactly. Exactly. And then you can kind of come up with a plan together for guidelines for that practice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so key for us to use our, our knowledge of what we're feeling in their body, what their body is like to help them guide their practice, whether it be on the yoga mat or in the CrossFit gym. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Anne, so much for sharing this. This is very eye-opening for me in some aspects as well. So I really appreciate everything that you shared. And thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being here. And thanks everybody for listening in. And here is to more smoother verse and faster recoveries. Take care, everybody. See you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Today's podcast was brought to you by the Institute for Birth Healing. To discover more, visit instituteforbirthhealing.com. To claim $50 off of any online course, use coupon code PODCAST50 at checkout. Till next time. I'm Lynn Schulte, founder of the Institute for Birth Healing.